Hello and welcome to Journal Sessions on the Bold Love Podcast with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. Journal Sessions is a weekly podcast that features a look inside Pastor Bob's journal on the things that he is thinking deeply and praying deeply about among some stories along his journey. And on this week's episode of Journal Sessions on the Bold Love Podcast, Pastor Bob goes into part two of the fruit after revival. Take a listen. Another fruit of revival is that there are so many seeds that are planted and revival is like the uh, miracle grow that you put on those flowers that are planted that allows them just to flourish like crazy. Uh, When I look at the moves of God in my life, it wasn't long after I had a profound experience in North Carolina on the side of a mountain that I began to understand the concept of KDSC and the whole idea of kingdom. Uh, Because as I began to give all my rights to God as a grown man in my early 30s, I realized that The kingdom of God is everything. It's not just my church and me and my ministry. It was at the point of brokenness. My wife and I tried three times to be missionaries, rejected all three times. And you know what? The IMB was right for rejecting us. We didn't have no business being missionaries for health reasons and thousands of other reasons. We didn't have anything. But, you know, out of that rejection, that broke my heart because my wife and I always wanted to be missionaries. Who would have thought that I ever would have had this question the Holy Spirit asked, Bob, what if the church were the missionary? And it led to me becoming friends with the Vietnamese. And we began to work in Vietnam and got to know the top leaders in the country. And then wound up working with religious freedom and sharing the gospel. And I go on and on and on. Everything that God took us through. It was after we went to Vietnam that we began to plant churches because I saw the Vietnamese were planting churches, and I thought, man, forget what they're teaching church planting in America. I want that. What are they doing? And I began to understand it, and and, and we, we learned from that. And that led ultimately to working in the inner city because people were going to Vietnam to work. Well, what about right here? What can we do while we're here? And, 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 and then we thought, well, hey, if we're reaching Vietnamese and we're reaching the inner city, We've got to be multiracial. And and as I'm working around the world, we get to know all those other religions. All I'm saying is there are so many seeds that are being planted and, and we can't always see them. And when I think about the Jesus movement, and I love that film, uh, Jesus Revolution, uh, my wife and I started watching YouTubes uh, about it from back then that were, are now on YouTube. And we listened to sermons from all these people from way back. And we started listening to the music. And who am I listening to? But Keith Green. And I, I grew up, he was 10 years older than me, but I grew up playing touch football with him on Sunday afternoons, uh, you know, after after church. You know, I'm listening to his music, and and then here comes Dallas home. Well, Dallas sang at our church all the time. And I go down the list, well, all the music that came out, all of the worship that came out, all of the preachers that came out of the Jesus Revolution, there are so many things. We just can't see them all. What else is going to come out? My question as we're going through this renewal, and, and I'm convinced it started. So, so go ahead. You can put me down on record. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it's gone now to 20 universities. It is spreading to a few churches. It, it, it's happening in places around the world. I, I get excited about it because you do realize this could be a global great awakening. All the awakenings heretofore have been national and geographical. Wow, think about it. 
the way the world is connected, people were going to Asbury from India and Brazil and Israel all over the world. Can you imagine once we do start seeing a move of God, we could live to see the world's first global great awakening. Man, I, I want to shout. I get excited about thinking about that. And so when these renewals come, there's just all kind of seeds. There are all kind of things that come out of them. I would also say this. Sometimes renewals, revivals, awakening, they're really not recognized clearly while they're happening. You've almost got to get outside of them, after them, to see what happens. When you're in the middle of going through something tough, and, and let me say this, a lot of the great revivals don't come without persecution. I mean, revivals in China and Iran, you go to prison. Uh, revivals in certain places in the world, it's very hard. People are persecuted. They're beaten. The spiritual warfare that takes place when a renewal starts to happen is very real and very legitimate. And so when you think about how this all begins to happen, and, and sometimes we're going through stuff, and, and we're leading people to the Lord, and we're on our face before God, and we're praying because we know it's hard, and we know it's tough, and we want to give up. Even in our suffering, sometimes that's revival. We don't see it that way at the moment. But I look back on the sweetest times I had with God. I hate to say it, and I'm not a spiritual masochist, but Frankly, it wasn't the powerful worship services, but it was when I was being obedient to do something that was very costly, and I wanted to quit, and I wanted to stop, and I just said, God, this is too hard. I just don't, don't want to do it, and I look back on it, and I see what God was doing. I'm involved in stuff today that is unheard of. It's crazy. It's wild. I can't even talk about the most exciting things that I'm involved in, and yet it came from tough obedience painful obedience years ago. And without painful obedience over the long haul, we won't see renewals. Uh, here, here's the final thing I'm going to say, how we know that it's, it's a legitimate renewal, awakening, revival. It leads to abiding, it leads to this abiding. Uh, there's a guy named Jim Wilder. There's many others. They're writing about the brain and this whole concept of attachment. And what does it mean to be attached to Jesus? And, and you can read it. I'm not going to get into all of it. Uh, and, and that's great. But I love the word that the Apostle John uses. It's in all over John 14, 15, 16, 1st, and 2nd John. You see it again and again. It's the word abide. Abide. I was talking to a buddy of mine who was praying with all those young people during the uh, renewal at Asbury. And I talked to him the day it started and talked to him this morning. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing, he told me what it was. I said, Bob, we're exhausted. And, and if I were to ask him, I think I will. But if I were to ask him, what did God do in your life? Uh, I, I mean, listen to him talk. It wasn't what God was doing in his life. God did things in his life. But he was so busy ministering to other people. It wasn't about his life. It was about hundreds of people that he was praying with. I don't know that he had ecstatic spiritual experiences like some did. Those profound moments of deep spirituality. Uh, don't know that he had those, but he was excited. And God was alive in his life. What was his excitement? That other people were coming close to God, that they were getting right with God, and that people as a community were coming alive. And see, that demands spiritual maturity. I, I submit to you, had there not been 
some of the spiritually mature people at Asbury that were shepherding and guarding that whole movement, it wouldn't, it would not have happened the way that it did. And they stayed behind the scenes and they worked with the students, but they gave oversight to it. They gave direction to it. They let the students stay front and center, but they were right there counseling, encouraging, walking them through everything, protecting them from preachers and singers and musicians who were coming from across America because they wanted to speak into it and so forth. But those older people, those professors, uh, those local faith leaders who had some spiritual maturity that were there caring for them. They understood God was present, and that's all that mattered. And nobody needed to get in the way of God, needed, not even a preacher or a musician. There needed no celebrity speak or sing or anything. Jesus was already there. Uh, I refer to him a lot. Jim Hilton, one of my spiritual fathers, just buried him not long ago. And I remember visiting with him a year or two ago. We were talking about this, and we were praying that God would send a renewal, and, and, and he sensed it was coming. And, you know, I think everybody has been sensing this for the past few years. We know the church is broken. Preachers are broken. Uh, sin is running rampant. We've compromised our faith in so many ways, not just in terms of immorality, saying it's okay, but also in harshness and, and meanness and hatefulness and, and the rigidity and all the, 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 the just harshness that's been coming out of us. There's, it's not the love of Christ that we see. Uh, it's like out of fear, people are running in different directions. But we were talking about revival and renewal. And I asked him, I said, so, Jim, I want to ask you something. If God were to send a great revival, how much do you think it would change you? I mean, would you change a whole lot, a little bit, or some? He said, well, I, I would change. I said, so let me ask you this. The revivals that you were part of, after you went through that first significant encounter, were any of the other revivals the same way? He said, no. It was that first one when God got a hold of him. Uh, that, now, the rest were real and powerful. So then what was the point, Jim? He said, Bob, the point was us. Everybody. And the fullness of God being present when he's moving is powerful. But when we come together as the body of Christ, he said, for me now, it's all about abiding and walking in him. Jim would crack me up. I mean, uh, he, he died at the age of 88. And I remember him telling me not long before he died, uh, we were talking. He said, you know, the last 10 years have been the greatest 10 years of my walk with Christ. He said, had I not had these last 10 years, Bob, there's no way I would know God like I know him. He said, how can you say that, Jim? He said, no, it's true. What I've learned about and, and he was learning from people like N.T. Wright, Jim Wilder, and lots of others. Uh, he, he read uh, Mikado's book, Art and Faith, and went crazy over that Mikado. He just absolutely loved it. And, and I, I think Jim was a latent intellectual who was never exposed to things. And he just exploded in the latter part of his life, intellectually, mentally, and spiritually. But for him, you could not be around Jim and not know that he had this unique relationship with Christ, this deep intimacy. And I think the sign of a legitimate revival in your life 
is not that you're perfect or that you don't sin, not that you're ignorant and you don't need to learn things, not that you've got it all together because you never will, but that there is this intimacy that you have with Jesus that cannot be stopped, will not be stopped, and it just continues to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And you may not even have the ability to express that, but you know it, and God knows it. And when you get around somebody else who's experienced that too, then together you guys know it. May there be a depth that comes from your life, from an awakening that God sends you that's profound, like nothing you've ever spent in your life. But may it not stop there. May it just grow deeper and deeper and deeper. Thank you so much for joining us for Journal Sessions with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. on the Bold Love Podcast. If you were impacted by this conversation, we would like to ask a favor. First, if you found this episode impactful, please share it on social media and recommend it to a friend. Second, like most podcasts, we are able to make these impactful conversations happen with support from partnering organizations and individuals like you. If you felt led to support these type of conversations, you can do so now and give at support.boldlovepodcast.com. Whether it's a single gift or a monthly donation, we are so thankful for you. For more information on this podcast, show notes, and any other references, you can go to boldlovepodcast.com to get all the information there. We appreciate you joining us. And remember on the Bold Love Podcast, we encourage you to live out your faith boldly, learn how to better love your neighbor, and learn how to relate to others despite your differences without compromising your faith. See you next time.